parody um, this week. Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for your love and grace and mercy. Thank you for the anointing that breaks every yoke. Thank you for growing us in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ that we be helped, healed everywhere we heard, empowered by your promises, loved by you with a revelation of that love that is overflowing to others and prospered in every way so that we may in turn help others with that same help. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Third John 2 says, Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health, even as thy soul prospereth. The beginning of a prosperous life is a prosperous soul. So how do we get there? We talked last week about we the fact that we have a God of abundance. And to refer to him as anything less would be selling him short. And also that the fact that this only comes to people through, first of all, restoration. You have to be saved. And the sin issue has to be dealt with. And you're not going to fix that on your own. You have to accept Jesus' sacrifice for you. And accept Him as your Lord and Savior. Once that restoration is available and, you, and, and done, it's already available. Once it's done, then revelation is available. And that comes through only the help of the Holy Spirit and helps you to realize this God of abundance that we're talking about. And we went on to define and demystify and to undo some of the erroneous teachings and to give proper uh, proper identity of the terminology surrounding the prosperity message, right? That it's not always means that you have an abundance of ownership of lands and, and treasure, Although I pray that you all do, like I said last week, as long as God is in it and you are good stewards of it. Amen. Amen. Don't want you to have anything that will destroy you or draw you away from God. But God of abundance is just mainly mean having everything that you need at all times with something left over for others. Mm-hmm. In simple terms. Jesus' ministry was a perfect example of this, and we talked about that. And I don't want to go back and preach the message again because I have a new one today. (laughs) But I wanted to start off with the fact that God's will, according to 3 John 2, is for you to prosper. He says He was above all things that, that you would prosper and be in health. So that's the will of God for you. Amen. Even as your soul prospers. There's a correlation there. So the beginning of the prosperous life, like I said, starts with a prosperous soul. And now we need to understand how how we get there. I don't like too many how-tos and numbered items when it comes to God. Because you can't put a spirit in a box. Amen. And the Holy Spirit runs this church and this life. And all of yours, I pray. So he's going to have his way. But 
Sometimes we need help, and I like to, you know, give me some, give me some things I can. The Bible teaches us to examine ourselves to see whether we be in the faith. So give me some things that let me let me take a look. Mm-hmm. Amen. Amen. <laughs> so a familiar passage of scripture, Matthew six thirty three. Jesus said, "Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness." And all these things will be added unto you. Always telling us, Jesus is always so, I want to say put off, but (laughs) perplexed by the fact that people always worrying about everything when he's trying to make them aware that he, he owns it all, and uh, if they have the Father, then they have it all. And quit worrying about that and let their daddy take care of them. Amen? Amen? The Amplified Version says to seek his way of being and doing right. So, I always, you know, sometimes you can trip up on some of these scriptures. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Okay, what? expound on that a little bit. Well, the Amplified is always good for that. If that's not good enough for you, go to the... Uh, What's that one that so uh, talks in such common language and expounds on everything? The message. Yeah, boy, that thing will really put it out there. And some of that stuff is really powerful. But the Amplified says to seek his way of being and doing right. Now, there it is. That's the foundation of God's prosperity. At the end of you, you will find God... If you seek him with your whole heart. That's a promise. In the Bible. God's prosperity. Isn't just financial. I say just because it does include finances. Of course. We need money. Money is a great tool. I've had it both ways. And I prefer having it. As opposed to not having it. But it also includes healing for our bodies, protection, favor, wisdom, success, total well-being, every good thing that you need for your life. All things pertaining to life, this life and godliness have been granted to you. All provided by the grace of God through Jesus Christ's atonement. Amen. He took our place on the cross and bore the curse of our sin. Galatians chapter 3, verses 13 and 14. Try not to turn to these because I'll read more than just the scriptures I intend to. It says that Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. And I'll... I'll shorten it a little bit, because as it is written, everyone who's hung on a cross is cursed. In order that the blessing of Abraham might come upon us. Amen. Amen. Through Jesus. And with the blessing, or in order to walk in that blessing, it also says, and the Holy Spirit also. 
So Jesus did all this so we could get the Holy Spirit and in him have and walk in this divine nature and the abundance and provision and life that God has called us to. Jesus said, my burden is light, my yoke is easy. Try. Amen. Amen. The Hebrew and Isaiah 53, 5, we all are going to be talking about Isaiah 53 after we've done with this. I'm going to start talking to you because Easter is coming or Resurrection Sunday. And so I'm going to start building up to that. And of course, we're going to be in Isaiah 53 for a bit. But Isaiah 53, 5 says that he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement that brought us peace was upon him and by his wounds or by his stripes we were healed or healed. Amen. Amen. That word that brought us peace is shalom in the Hebrew because that's in the Old Covenant. And that word is more than just peace, it's wholeness for every area of your life. Nothing missing. Nothing broken. Total well-being. Spirit, soul, and body. Amen. Now, obviously, everyone here is saved. I know that. And I'm thankful. So, because of that, I also know that you know, just by being born again, all this doesn't just happen, does it? And it won't take place overnight. You cannot microwave your relationship with God. I can just see all the Americans standing in line up there with Peter, if that were a thing. Ah, I'm a U.S. citizen. (laughs) But the foundation for true prosperity begins with some some things that I I took a little time to to put down. There's eight of them. I, I like the number eight because that that's the day that that Jesus was raised the first day of the second week. New beginnings. Resurrection power. That's what that number stands for. So I like it. And I'll just tell you what they are. The first thing is walking in truth. Then faithfulness, diligence, tithing, sowing, believing, Saying and waiting. Way back in the back, in the epistles of John, not the gospel, but where I was just reading from, where I read 3 John 2. With 3 John, you can just say the verse because there's only one page or one chapter. You don't have to say chapter and verse. But in the fourth verse, it says, And these things write we unto you, that your joy may be full. 
God wants you to prosper. He wants you to be. He wants the joy of the Lord to be your strength. Amen. We get saved. I remember when I was born again and I was really, really got it. But, you know, a lot of people get saved. They say a prayer. They go and they, they repent and they receive the Lord. But there's no real evidence in their life. This, this haunted Billy Graham, I think, until he died. You know, so many evangelists struggle with that. They go and they, they have these, these dynamic personalities that God has given them to, to really bring the people in and win souls. And then they have to send them all off, you know, and pray that they go and find a good church somewhere and good teaching. And so many of them get saved and then they go and they don't have any real church or anything and uh, they say I guess it didn't work for me or whatever they blend back in with the world and then they the Bible teaches that this person can be in worse condition than he was originally and I won't go into that because I'll preach the whole message but then you get the baptism of the Holy Spirit and there is some change you, you know that there's change, but there's not much you can do with it at first, because what you need is this word. Then you get into the word and, and you begin to, to walk in it, what the Bible refers to as walking after the spirit. He will say, you need to be in the spirit. Well, if you're born again, you're already in the spirit. But you choose to walk in agreement with it or not. With Him, not it. Forgive me, Lord. With the Holy Spirit or not. You still have a free will. But when you begin to renew your mind, as Paul begs us to in Romans chapter 12, by the washing of the water of the Word, and and, and not to be conformed to the image of this world any longer, but be renewed through the Word, with the help of the Holy Spirit, then you begin, once you come into agreement with it and walk in it, then you begin to see everything change in your life. Walking in God's way, in His wisdom, and what He says is right, you can't do that and not be blessed. That's a fact. John chapter 8 Verses 31 and 32. Jesus said, if you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples. And you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. You hear that last part all the time. Truth sets you free. And sometimes it's coming from people who are not expounding on God's truth. Well, Jesus is the truth, the way and the life. And... There is no truth apart from God's truth. doesn't matter what man in his arrogance thinks or wants to believe. Even many Christians won't let the Bible get in the way of what they believe. That's a problem. Jesus blasted the religious leaders of his day for that very thing. He said, your traditions and doctrines or teachings of men have made the word of God of no effect. 
He didn't like that. If you abide in my word, the NIV NIV, uh, says, continue in my teachings. That's pretty clear right there. Not just reading scriptures about prosperity or reading scriptures about whatever it is that you're interested in. Which this should be your daily bread anyway. In some form. Mr. Randy just was showing me the other day. Every morning I do this and this and this. And he showed me these things and I was just so happy. If you continue in my teachings, then you are truly my disciples. Not just reading them, but walking in the words that God says to you. That's, there's a big difference. There's a lot of people who know the, the written word way better than me. Who'd love to challenge you and to disprove the word and they've studied it just so they could disprove it a lot of people gotten saved that way by the way <laughs> a lot of uh, a lot of Jews have become Christians that way so there's good things but then there's still those out there that you run across that they just they tried it they want to make and they're they're usually really educated people and I have nothing against higher education praise God thanks for doctors and lawyers and Indian chiefs and everything else well, I don't know if I can say that anymore. Anyway, <laughs> thank God for everybody. Amen. Amen. Bless them. But sometimes people that they get frustrated when, like the, the religious leaders of the day, after Jesus was gone to heaven. And Peter and them start standing up and boldly proclaiming the word of God and expounding on these wonderful things, speaking and teaching with authority and power like Jesus did. They were like offended because they were the educated teachers of the law. They were the lawyers, which was really just the theologians (laughs) of the day. And they were like, who are these uneducated men? First thing they'd said. Had to slight them. And then they realized they had been with Jesus. That's the best thing somebody could say about you. Amen. But walking in God's word and his wisdom and his way. Walking in his truth. And living a godly lifestyle. Living in obedience to everything that he says is right. That's when you see the blessings that are written in this Bible come to, come to pass in your life. Deuteronomy 28 is a place that we often go to to look at a list of some of the blessings. And I say some because even God acknowledges that in this word because you can't put Him in a box, right? <laughs> and... I think it's in the cursing portion. He says, and any other thing that there might be, any other sickness that there might be. So, you know, you don't have to list them all. He's just letting you know that all sickness is not is, is, is part of the curse. We're not going to go into the curses today because I would spend too long, but I, 
encourage you to check this out because uh, most Christians, most of us are living under aspects of the curse and we're unaware of it. And you really don't have to be. That's the point. Otherwise, I wouldn't be wanting to point it out to you. But if you find something that is something Jesus already paid the price for and the enemy has deceived you into calling it your own, you need to get mad at the devil. And you need to learn how to run it off. Amen? Amen. Deuteronomy 28, the first 14 verses of the chapter talk about the blessings of God for those who are obedient. And the word for obedience here um, really um, just means listen to God's words. Amen? That's easier. People tend to shun away from the word obedience. But Deuteronomy chapter 28, verses 1 through 14. And it shall come to pass, if thou shalt hearken diligently unto the voice of the Lord. I have the King James today. (laughs) Uh, uh, Hearken diligently unto the voice of the Lord thy God to observe and to do all his commandments which I command thee this day, that the Lord thy God will set thee on high above all nations of the earth, And all these blessings shall come on thee and overtake thee, and thou shalt hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God. Blessed shalt thou be in the city, and blessed shalt thou be in the field. Blessed shalt thou be in the fruit of thy body, and the fruit of thy ground, and the fruit of thy cattle, and the increase of thy kin, and the flocks of thy sheep. (coughs) All of these have (coughs) are really analogies as well for other things and parts of your life. Amen? Amen. And when he says, blessed shall be the fruit of thy body and the fruit of thy ground and the fruit of thy cattle. And where were we? Blessed shall thy be in thy basket and thy store. That's talking about your cupboard. Amen. (laughs) Excuse me. Blessed shall thou be when thou comest in and blessed shall thou be when thou goest out. The Lord shall cause thine enemies that rise up against thee to be smitten before thy face. They shall come out against thee one way and flee before thee seven ways. Next time you want to fight your own battle, when you start to feel anger rise up in you against a person, remember what God has promised and let him do it instead. He's a better fighter than all of us. Amen. Amen. How would you like to see all your enemies come after you in a mob and then run off in seven different directions as fast as they can? That's what God would do for you. Amen. Amen. The Lord shall command the blessing upon thee in thy storehouses and in all that thou settest thine hand unto. And he shall bless thee in the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. The Lord shall establish thee and holy people unto himself as he hath sworn unto thee, if thou shalt keep the commandments of the Lord thy God and walk in his ways. And all people of the earth shall see that thou art called by the name of the Lord, and they shall be afraid of thee. And the Lord shall make thee plenteous in goods, in the fruit of the body, and in the fruit of thy cattle, and in the fruit of thy ground, and in the land which the Lord sware unto the fathers to give thee. Now, what's... Remember, this is Old Covenant. You have to translate this through the, through the lens of the New Covenant. Amen. Mm-hmm. 
And when he, for instance, when he says, when he's talking to the Israelites here, and obviously he's talking about when they crossed the Jordan and went into the promised land. And he was going to bless everywhere that they put their feet, etc., etc. I'm getting different passages of scripture into one, but that's what he told them. Everywhere you set your foot, I'm going to, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to give you all that, that you... Now, we, and we as believers haven't gone into an actual promised land. We've gone into a land of promises. So every, every place that you place your foot, that means every promise that you take hold of and make your own, He's going to bless it. When you take hold of it by faith, the Holy Spirit leads you to the appropriate promise for you and your situation. That's really important that you allow Him to do the choosing and the leading and the guiding. And then you take hold of it by faith. And you send out that faith. You do not let it return without accomplishing everything that it has was purposed to do. You don't quit until you see it. Amen. God, all this, and I'm going to stop reading, but you can keep reading that and study those. And I I wish that you would and, and to ask God for greater revelation of them. But God can do really something only with a willing heart. And so that's what we all need to be focused on is that our heart is plowed or tender or open to God. I know people, and most of you do, that they can't be told anything without being offended. They are looking almost for opportunity to be offended. And it makes it very hard for a person like that to grow because it's a real sign of immaturity and a lack of growth in the life of a believer when they still, after walking with the Lord for uh, however long, uh, as time goes by, there should be growth. It should be noticeable and measurable almost. And God goes on and on throughout the word about those who hated discipline. They couldn't stand for him to tell them anything. And you see people like that and it reminds you of children. Because, you know, they come with that sin nature, whether you believe it or not. They come with a a fallen nature. and, and, And it is up to the adults, the parents, to challenge Satan's claim on their life. Amen. I can see my wife right now with our little four-year-old granddaughter that we love so much. And boy, she pushes my wife around and, you know, she will just just play with her and do whatever she wants for about as long as she can. But Harper will, will take advantage of that and sometimes she'll get and she'll do and say some things or push it a little too far. And boy, I know it when that's happened. I hear, no ma'am. You know, and boy, then I just sit back and listen because she'll she's going to fix her up about some things and straighten her out because we love her. That's because we love her. She's not going to she's not going to be like that. And that's what I'll do 
when I when I tell her something, which isn't that that often, but I explain everything to her, and boy, don't you know, kids don't want that explanation after. Right. So I I explain everything to her, and I tell her how wonderful and beautiful she is, and that comes from the inside, not the outside. And she's my little butterfly, and she is good, and she is kind, and she has great manners, and she will not be that kind of person. Because that's not who God created her to be. And she doesn't want to be like that. And you know, she agrees. And, uh, <laughs> because that's true. And she, is, and she is a wonderful person. And she's going to be even more wonderful. So we're going to make sure we do everything we can to help with that, right? Yeah. Al, we were so happy yesterday. You know, she hasn't played with another kid in almost a year. And... Uh, and uh, we've been praying and believing that uh, her daddy will and mama will, will allow her. I think Sam's been ready, but um, to go back to her little gymnastics class and to the, the preschool thing. And uh, but yesterday she called Nani, that's Tavana, and uh, or FaceTimed her, or whatever. And Tavana thought something was wrong because her little cheeks were red and everything. But she was calling to. To say how happy she was, she'd been playing with the neighbor kids. Finally, Yay. they have two little ones over there, and uh, mm-hmm. oh boy, that's what she's been needing so much. Yeah. Um, Isaiah one nineteen. I was talking about a willing heart. Um, Isaiah one nineteen says, "If you are willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land." Now there's. A great promise, isn't it? But there's also conditions. And I always talk about the relationship. And you see, I see within the body of Christ a lot of times people going around and just just claiming that they will have nothing but all of the blessings, but they refuse to meet the conditions. That's so immature. <laughs> and it really, if uh, a minister allows them to go on believing that, that that's okay, um, then they're really not helping them at all. Because it's simply not true. You can't go around opening every door and window in your house and inviting the devil in and expect God to run you down and tackle you with his blessings every day. One of the first things God will tell you if you start seeking Him about prosperity is that He wants you to stay out of debt. And you can just start right where you are. This is not to condemn anybody. <laughs> but but I, I myself am working on this, okay? So I, I'm not here to judge anyone or I'm trying to help. Amen. Amen. All of God's teachings. And Jesus said, if you, if you remain in my teachings, if you walk in them, then you're really my disciples. And so, the, anytime He tells us anything or instructs us in, in any way, it's for our own good. Not to harm us or to hurt us or to limit us or to keep things from us. But because He's trying to get things to us. Amen. So... You just start right where you're at. Repent from overspending. Commit to God's way of being a good steward. Believe Him to pay off the debt. And 
once you're there, continue to be willing and obedient to His voice. And you will stay positioned in His circle of blessings. Amen. Amen. We need to stay in position to receive all that He has already made available by grace. It's not anything that you're doing to earn it. You're not. You're, you're just... You're just coming into cooperation with his spiritual laws that he put in place and made available through Jesus on the cross. So it's this big grace bubble and it's already there. It's already got your name on the account and all you have to do is cooperate. We know we know about electricity. We know about when we have newborns, we don't worry too much about it. But when they flip over and start crawling, everything starts changing a little bit around the house, doesn't it? You got those little plugs and this and that. And you, you know, don't stick stuff in that hole. Don't put no paper clip. We respect electricity. We know it's a huge blessing to have it, don't we? Especially right now. It's fresh on our mind. But we also know that it's very hazardous. And we have to work within the boundaries and parameters of the physical and natural laws pertaining to electricity. Otherwise, it'll kill you. The same with gravity. It's a wonderful thing. If God hadn't given us the blessing of gravity, we'd all fly off into orbit. But if we step off a 10-story building... Not so good. So we had to learn at an early age about falling and heights and all this sort of thing. That's why OSHA will drive you crazy, especially if you work in a plant or something like that. Boy, I tell you. But they used to make us do silly things. You had to get on a six-foot ladder and you had to be tied off somewhere. It's like, oh, come on. I think above the second or third step, something like that, you're supposed to. Nobody does, but you got that belt. Anyways, the next thing I wanted to mention, first of all, I want to just mention this because it just got to check in my spirit here. But this cooperation and this blessing that God has for you. He, he wants it for you more than you want it for yourself. But He won't force it on you. He won't force it on you. There are Christians all over the world who are in lack, who are in need, who are in extreme poverty even. And He will mitigate those losses and work miracles and they live crisis to crisis to miracle to miracle. God is good. And he makes it rain, which is in this sense a good thing, on the just and the unjust. God is just good. And he's looking out for people and taking care of people. But listen, miracles are wonderful. And we hope to see lots of them in this church. And But the thing is, we don't want, we want all of us to live in the blessing. That's God's best. We don't want to... The problem with a miracle is it requires a crisis. And we don't want to live crisis to crisis. We want to live in the abundance of God's blessing. Amen? Amen. 
The, the next couple of things I mentioned was faithfulness and diligence. Matthew 25, 21 says faithfulness is, um, well, let me just look at it real quick. Matthew 25, 21. Matthew 25:21 says His Lord said unto him, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things, I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of the Lord. Faithfulness is something it's a, it's a theme throughout the Bible. God always re- rewards faithfulness and diligence. Faithfulness is a fruit of the Spirit of God. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. It's a part of God's character. You can't live a godly life without faithfulness because that's who God is. Amen. God is faithful. And if the Spirit of God lives in you, then you also have the fruit of faithfulness within you. You can't live a godly life without it. And a faithful person, there's no other way to say it, will consistently do what's right in God's eyes. That doesn't mean we never make a mistake or screw up or ever sin again. You will. But there's... 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 Provision made for that, isn't there? So this isn't about condemning again. And I, 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 you know, I have to keep saying that because, again, we're just not used to being instructed on anything. We just want to, you know, there's a scripture in the Bible that says, don't tell us the hard stuff, just tell us the good stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and, the, and the Bible even says in the end times, people are going to stop listening to sound teaching and they're going to, Keep up for themselves, for their itching ears, what, what their itching ears want to hear. Teachings from people who just sugarcoat everything. These are the ones that apparently teach that there's, there's this one-sided relationship and you whatever you do doesn't matter. God has to do all the good stuff and you can treat Him however you want. And that's just not right, folks. It's not fair. Jesus deserves more than that, doesn't He? I think he does. Second Chronicles 16 verse 9 says, this is a scripture that we talked about recently. It said that the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth. Second Chronicles 16 9. The eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on behalf of them whose heart is perfect toward him. Perfect. Oh, no, 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 nobody's perfect. You know what that word perfect in the Hebrew translates to? Loyal, devoted, dedicated, faithful. Who or what are we devoted to? That's the question. It's all about dedication, devotion, love, really. But we need to ask ourselves from time to time what or who we're devoted to. 
Because a lot of times we'll think we're doing good, but we might have created a God other than God. Look at your checkbook. Think about what you think about first thing in the morning, the last thing every night. There's lots of little things you can do to test yourself. God is light, so I'm using that light as an example of God. What is a God in your life? If you have any others, maybe you're perfect towards God. Loyal and dedicated and all the things I just mentioned. But anything that comes between you and God is a God. Little G. (laughs) It's our priorities is all that needs to be rearranged a little bit. And sometimes we don't even realize it. It can be money. It can be a job. It can be... uh, Children, a spouse, um, it can be lots of things. It can be physical beauty. It can be, you know, lots of things. Uh, But we have to be very careful of this because it's a real and present danger. Amen. (laughs) I think of uh, Lauren Daigle. She's a great, great, gifted gospel singer or gospel or Christian singer and the Lord has blessed her mightily she tried out for American Idol many years ago and she didn't make it probably best thing ever happened to her now she's you know I don't know that you want to get into the sin of comparison but (laughs) she's very very Uh, blessed in that industry and God just gives her one anointed hit after another and she just said a little prayer one day quietly one of those kind of half spoken under your breath prayers that you don't even realize that God maybe even would pick up on that she would just want to be a part of a song are doing something like that that would really make a difference in the hearts of people for God. And you know, he heard that prayer. And uh, so now the rest of the story is being written. Amen. And it looks very wonderful. (laughs) I know I love to hear the, the music. The eyes of the Lord, he's just looking for someone that he can be a blessing to someone who wants him someone who's seeking him someone who just loves him for him that's what he wanted when he planted his best seed he wanted a family and he didn't make us robots knowing that our free will was going to cause him a lot of pain just like giving up that seed cost him a lot but it was going to be worth it in the end because he was going to get a family like you amen If we're faithful to God and ourselves, we need to meditate on the promises of the Word of God until they overtake our lives. 
That's the way we do it. Our inner man prospers when we believe the word. When we have the revelation from Holy Spirit. But our circumstances prosper when we receive what he says and we act on it. James talks about faith without works is dead. He said, you show me your faith without works and I'll show you my faith by my works. In other words, true faith is going to compel you to do some things. Amen. And it should be that way with a believer who has a real relationship with the Lord. If we purpose in our heart and in our talk today or our prayer today with the Lord to be faithful and diligent in our prayer life and in our relationship with the Word of God in our job, in our church, in our marriage or in our relationships or anything else that God puts in our care to put the Word of God first place in our life and not just the hearing of it but applying it to everything to do with us, you'll see God's blessings hunt you down and overtake you. We have to learn to listen to God's voice. And this is one of the hardest things for Christians, believe me. And and if you struggle with hearing God's voice and and you're just wondering how... Don't worry, I have preachers ask me the same question all the time. And graduates from Karis Bible College and uh, and everybody uh, from anointed ministers all the way down to to young folks. So it's it's one of those things that people think about, and and I would I could teach on it for a long time, um, and it would would uh, override today's message. But hearing. God's voice is something that that you do do. You do hear what He says. Um, it's not an audible voice, but you have an unction, a knowing. And what will happen, and and has happened to you, is that you say you'll do something, and you'll say, "Man, I knew." There'll be a choice to make, and it'll look like. The perfect choice. Or you have your mind made up to do something and then you'll go and get counsel. Or you'll go and somebody will talk you out of it. Or or it just doesn't look like the right thing to do. So you're like, well, that would not be reasonable. I don't know why I really want to do that. But it would not obviously be the right thing to do. So you do it the way that it's supposed to be done. And then you later on go, man, I knew I should have. That was God. That was God telling you. Now the devil will tell you things too. So you have to learn to discern the difference. And that's why your relationship with the Lord is so important. And you're, you have to put this in so that the Holy Spirit can remind you of everything that the Lord has said. Amen. That's one of the promises of God. We have to listen to His voice. We have to do what He says. We have to not quit. Don't give up because... That's where a lot of people fail too. 
Stick with God t- what God tells you to do. And if you make a mistake, just repent. Lord, I dropped the ball right there. Forgive me. Repent just means change your mind about the thing and agree with God. That's all. That's all repentance is. And get back right back on the right track. That's faithfulness. David wasn't perfect. He was perfect toward God though. How so? When he sinned like he did. God said he was a man after his own heart. Because this very principle right here. God knows who you are. God knows everything about you. He loves you anyway. He knows all your sins, past, present, and future. And Jesus died for them before you were ever born. So, just get over yourself. It should bother you when you sin, when you mess up. But go to Him so He can purge your conscience and make you make you fine. Hey, I done fixed that with my daddy. It's okay. I've changed my mind about it. I ain't going to be doing that no more. And he's forgiven me, and we're square. He don't want you walking around condemned. Proverbs twenty-eight, verse twenty. Proverbs twenty-eight, verse twenty, says that a, a faithful man shall abound in blessings. So doesn't that make you want to be faithful? There's a promise, and then see, people don't see. The condition. See, they read the promises and they go, oh, yeah. But it's always a relationship. God's always exposing the relationship within within His promises even. He says, you do this and I'll do this. It's just, I've already arranged for this and it's waiting for you at that place. That place where you're faithful. That place where you're true. That place where you love the Word. Amen? Amen. The next thing, and I'll, I'll hurry up here. Tithing, because this is something that isn't taught on a lot. But Proverbs 3, verses 9 and 10 says, Honor the Lord with your capital and sufficiency. <laughs> that means with all your gain. And with the first fruits of all your income. Not pay everything and see what's left over. I had a, finally, <laughs> I had a really good check coming in the mail uh, because I don't, uh, thankfully, they don't make me go into the office all the time and they mail my checks to me every week, but they send me a picture of it and I had some very, uh, uh, kind of like the power outages and the water, I had some very great shortages recently and then I had a really good one uh, come this week and you know, I already tithed on it even though I haven't received it in the mail. You know why? I didn't have to. I could have waited until I got it. That would have been fair and fine. There's no law that is going to get me. But when I saw the check, I thought about the tithe, and I didn't want to do it. (laughs) 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 And so I did it right away. Uh And I rounded up. Amen. Honor the Lord with your capital insufficiency and with the first fruits of all your income, so shall your storage places be filled with plenty and your vats shall be overflowing with new wine. So, again, I don't have to go into all the scriptures about drunkenness to let you know that he's just talking about blessing here. <laughs> he's not talking about buying your liquor store, okay? <laughs> But tithing is just 
literally means the tenth. And the first fruits. So the first tenth of all your, your income is what the tithe is. And it's, it's how you honor God with your money. It makes a way for Him to bless you supernaturally. That's, that's the thing. He's not after your money. He's after that seed that He can use to multiply and meet your need. Amen. Amen. I always say if what you have isn't enough to meet your need, make part of it your seed. Quit eating all your seed. (laughs) It's a covenant transaction that gets God involved with you on a financial level. Amen. Amen. And it goes to support the place where you receive your spiritual food. Malachi chapter 3, which is what a lot of ministers beat over the head with Christians... And they make it, unfortunately, a lot of... I mean, I've sat under teachings where they taught from Malachi 3. And when they were done, you know, telling you how if you didn't give your tithes, your transmission was going to fall out of your car. God was going to take it out in doctor bills. They'd say stuff like that. And they were, you know, it made it sound more like the Godfather instead of Father God. <laughs> And it really kind of make you mad. And you didn't know why, but there was just something wrong with that. Well, it is wrong. But Malachi 3, verses 8 through 10 says, Bring all the tithes to God. Then God will open the windows of heaven and bless you that there shall not be room enough to receive it. Now that, he even says before that, test me in this. This is the only place in Scripture where God says, try me. Try me and see. And boy, it's fun too, especially with, with, with new believers. When you see them start to grow in baby steps and they'll, they'll try, try something. And man, God will always do something really cool. And it's always going to be different, of course, with that person. And they will make them go, <gasps> to make them know that it was Him. I remember one time, Tavana and I did it like a, I don't know, it was... It was like $58.10 or something like that. And it was, we didn't have any money. It was when we were, (laughs) we had come from a lot to nothing. And we were negative, actually. And we sowed that. And just within a week or, or so, we got a check. In the mail that was totally unforeseen and un, we didn't even know for a hundred times that amount. Exactly. And it's just, God is fun. He is good. And now, you know, when God does something one way, don't go back to that same thing looking for Him to do it again. Right. He very seldom will. But he loves to have fun and, and do things like that with people. Um, he says that he'll open the windows and pour out a blessing that you can't even receive it. So, talks about the tithe and there's a lot of scriptures. You can go back if you want to study up on it. But I don't want to keep anything that belongs to God. Not to say I never have. I'm sure I'm sure I have. And, uh, I don't, you know, he's, he's not going to... He's not going to come and kill you like Ananias and Sapphira. <laughs> That's a whole other message. But 
Leviticus 27.30 says, And all the tithe of the land, whether of the seed of the land or of the fruit of the tree, is the Lord's. It's holy unto the Lord. Now, real new covenant tithing and offerings are done with the heart and with the mouth in faith. Amen? Amen. God loves a cheerful giver, is what it says in the New Testament. It's not done under compulsion. In other words, nobody should be making you do it. I have some friends <laughs> that, uh, well, they were, uh, they used to be Mormons. And uh, they were caught up in that mess. Uh, and I'm not trying to hurt anyone's feelings, but I'm telling you, that's not, that's not Christianity. That's a cult. And anyway, when they would miss church, they would come to their house to collect the tithe. <laughs> I don't care if you're sick, you stay home, but you ain't going to get out from paying that. Wow. But the Bible teaches that it, it's not to be done under, by compulsion. That's why, that's why I don't minister on it a lot. Because, and that's why I put the offering basket in the back. And I forgot it today. But it, because it says to just bring your, bring your offering. And, and I find that once people start getting on fire for God, then all of these truths... Be, start to become evident to them, and they will. The, the closer you get to God and His Word, the more you're going to love Him and you want to please Him, and you're going to begin to walk in faithfulness and and do all of these things and walk, want to walk in the truth. But people just need a they need right perspective and right teaching on these things. Otherwise, you know, they don't know what to do. And there's been so many uh, People have been failed and wronged within the body of Christ. And people have taken some of these things to extremes. And, you know, you're just like, hey, man, I, <laughs> I'm, uh, I believe and I'm thankful. But, you know, I just, I just don't want to help him buy his next airplane. You know what I mean? And I get that. But I'm not against anybody. And, you know, hey, if a preacher has given away 40 airplanes... Uh, then I can guarantee you God's probably going to give him a 747. So (laughs) I'm not here to judge. And God says in his word, who are you to judge another man's servant? So I'll just leave all that alone. And I know how God deals with me and how I want to, to deal with God's people. And I want to stand before him one day and hear that well done, good and faithful servant. So I'm going to do things the way that I believe he has instructed me. But... It's not something that's done to make God accept you. It's not going to make God love you any more than He already does. He accepts you because you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. He loves you because He is love, not because you're lovely. And again, it all has to do with Jesus. But everyone should pray and ask the Holy Spirit um, to give you revelation about these things. And understanding so that you know and you are led and you have peace about it. The Bible teaches us that the peace of God should be the umpire in our lives. Amen. So you should pray about everything. (laughs) It says pray without ceasing and pray about everything and cast all you care on the Lord anyway. So anything I tell you, you should always be running it past the Lord in your quiet time anyway. Every week. I don't care what it is. I'm going to do everything I can to make sure that I'm hearing the Lord correctly. But if I ever miss it, 
I'll get right down here. I'll get off of my, I'm not on a throne, but I'll get back from behind this pulpit just like David got down off of his throne and I'll repent right there. Because I want to be in agreement with God. And I can stand correction. I'm not, I'm, I, when I died to me, I died to you and everybody else. I'm not worried about it. I want to please God. Amen. Second Corinthians 9, 6 says, He which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly, and he which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. And Galatians 6, 7 says, You reap what you sow. So if you desire to be a receiver or a channel for God's blessings and provision, you must be a giver. That's the long and the short of it, folks. Luke 6, 38 says, Give, and it shall be given to you. This is Jesus talking now. Give, and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, and running over, shall men give into your bosom. For with the same measure that you meet with all, it shall be measured to you again. When God wants to bless you, He sends a person. Remember that. Shall men put into your bosom. Now remember that. When you want to be a a miser and a, a loner and you don't want to have friends and relationships, remember that you're probably blocking some of God's blessings in your life. Because first of all, He wants to share you with the world if you're in Him. And second of all, he's trying to get some of those people to you to establish relationships because some of them are going to be a blessing in your life at some point. Amen. Amen. Tithing and and sowing are supernatural. Don't miss out on the benefits. That's what I'm trying to impress upon you. God has an interest in your finances. And he desires to increase you and to bless you because he loves you. It's not that he's trying to take anything or try to harm you. But like I said last week, I guarantee if you do this out of faith and out of love, he says, because the Bible says, that's why I ask everybody to pray and to get revelation and peace about their giving. Because if you don't, 1 Corinthians 13 says, without love, you can give all that you have and it won't profit you anything. So it has to be done That's why it says God loves a cheerful giver. If you give begrudgingly, I can guarantee you the Lord's saying, I don't want you to no money anyway. I I didn't need it. That's that's, that's a fact. He's he's looking for that seed. Everything in the kingdom is a seed. Jesus said, if you don't understand this parable about sowing and reaping, you're not going to understand any of my teachings. That's why it's so important that you understand this. Because he says this is just the, the basics of the Christian believer's life is understanding these things. And when you do really understand them and have revelation, you, you know, when, when you have uh, spirit-filled, charismatic preachers at a lunch, you, you, all, you all see them fight over that bill. <laughs> Romans one seventeen says the just shall live by faith. Abraham was blessed because he lived by faith. He believed God. He trusted God. And we're supposed to live the same way. So then, they which be of faith are blessed with faithful Abraham. That's what Galatians 3, 9. So faith has to be in your heart and in your mouth. Devon always says, faith has feet and lips. Right? So God wants to bless you. He wants, to, he wants you to believe it. He wants you to understand that the conditions are not burdensome, but beautiful. 
And I can guarantee you, though, that until you lose your life, your free will, your way of thinking about things that are in opposition to God, you will not find the life that He has for you. You're going to find God the same place that I found Him at the end of me. <laughs> and you'll find Him at the end of yourself, too. You, but you have to humble yourself. God's greatest gifts are always on the lowest shelves where you have to stoop down to receive them. He loves you. And remember that He always has your, your best interests at heart. And uh, He wants to prosper you. Amen. Amen. Father, thank you for this day and for this precious word. Thank you for your love and grace and guidance and peace. And help us to walk it out, Lord. And help us to have an attitude of expectancy, Lord. And to know that your will is to bless us and to prosper us and protect us and guide us in every way. And to be first in our lives. In Jesus' name. If we get that vertical relationship worked out perfectly toward you. All of the horizontal ones will fall into place. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. amen.